We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The only thing that I actually think is asinine is the suggestion that we should go fund me Ohio State players. That just seems to lack, and it, it just seems like it lacks any level of of like real world waiting. Like the idea that people, like blue collar people, plumbers of Columbus, <laughs> right? Like uh, waiters in Columbus should get 10 bucks a month so that Ohio State Buckeyes can pay X amount of dollars more to their athletes in NIL. That's stupid. And, and honestly, it is insulting to blue collar workers who live paycheck to paycheck. But other than that, I have no problem with uh, other than that. You're fine. Yeah. Other than that, I like everything else. Now, I we did want to get into this because Ohio State right now is crying poor. Yeah. And Gene Smith, if you guys didn't hear this, Gene Smith, uh, AD, put out a letter to boosters, basically saying that Ohio State was falling behind the this this uh, NIL arms race. I said this in the last segment. I really believe a lot of this NIL stuff is just alarmist bullcrap. Yeah. I. I I, I do like I don't one I don't think Ohio State is is nil poor, and, and and by the way if they are it's a failure of Gene Smith and Ryan Day. You knew nil was coming for how long? You didn't know the exact date it was going to come. Well, eventually you did, but you knew right. You, and by the way, nil's been going on for a while now. You've had time to put in the the the. The, the infrastructure to help yourself. You do already have different investment groups that exist solely to funnel money to your players. Right. So if you don't have enough money, it's on you. Like, it's fundraising. It's, listen, this is no different than every time. And, you know, and I thought Lima brought up a hell of a point this morning about what happens when uh, you get your alumni emails. Yeah. They're asking for money. <laughs> yeah, but but oh well, we need a new uh, administration building. We need a new this. We need a new that. It's the same thing as that. So you do fundraising for yeah, so all I, new athletic and, buildings. And remember, think about the clientele who they're targeting to get to donate. They're the the richest, the wealthiest alumni. Mm-hmm. So the idea that those and, people and, and, and listen, if you've got millions and millions of dollars and you went to Ohio State and you've got loyalty to the, the program, that's what those people do. Yes, they donate. And by the way, they it's like a it's like a, like a club. It's a point of pride. Yeah, and you get a cool suite. Yeah, well, and, and your name on a brick. Well, and it's bragging rights. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bleep measuring contest, but for money. So. This idea that Ohio State can't match, and I would also like to point out, I absolutely be uh, believe that Florida has a $30 million fund. I absolutely believe it. There is obscene wealth in the South. The old, uh, if, uh, living in Charlotte, I was completely naive to the uh, kind of the background world of, of old money that is in the South. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a friend 
who like her family still goes to like cotillions. That's still a thing. They still do that. Like that's they have like summer parties where it looks like they're on the set of White Lotus. Like I'm telling you, like there is a butt, a butt ton of money in the South. And a lot of it does absolutely go towards college football and college athletics. Mm-hmm. There's also a this isn't a problem for Ohio State. You know what it's a problem for? Purdue. Here's a problem for probably Illinois. Those are the schools that are really poor, not Ohio State. Yeah, it's a problem for most schools, Nick. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, how many schools can afford to to have a, a $30 million fund to, to pay the players? Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, UL Monroe. Coach Bowden. Yep. Good luck. Here's your $1.5 million fund. Actually, that'd probably be lucky at UL Monroe. Do you are you buying the 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 cash poor the nil poor Buckeye line? I, I can no, I'm not buying it, but I can see why they're doing it. Oh yeah, no, I like the Gene Smith thing. I didn't. I, I have a problem with reporters going on different outlets and carrying the narrative that well, Ohio yeah, State I mean, is falling but behind. That's, but that's okay. That's the difference between college and pro. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of times college beat reporters. They sort of carry the water for the program. Well, they, that's and they, fair. they sort of are fans, and that's the only team they cover, and they want to be in good favor with Nick Saban or Ryan Day or whoever it may be. Um, so that's that's why they do it. No, but but I, you, I have a- dude, the people that run these sites, and they're all great. I'm sure they're great people, but the, the, there's a reason why they make money because mm-hmm. they. they, they they lean towards the fans. They, mm-hmm. they want the fans of the Buckeyes to go to these sites, and they want Ohio State to be good and relevant because that means it's good for everybody. But I think the I, I think like the Gene Smith thing. What I saw of it, it it looks exactly the same as when my wife gets things from Kent State, saying, "Oh gosh, we're running short on funds for the new community civics project. We got to get your help." By the way, no, you're not getting my money. Um, <laughs> Bowling Green only. Uh, that's a joke. It's because I went to Bowling Green. She went to Kent State. But, like, that's what I saw from Gene Smith. I think it's really, really dangerous, this idea, though, of a GoFundMe. And I I kind of think it's an excuse. Ohio State didn't lose to Michigan because of NIL money or a lack of NIL money. No, they, no they've lo- got great players. They've, if, got, they've got the better quarterback. Like, there's... They should not have lost. Also, just because you miss out on a recruit who might go elsewhere, it I understand that the top-level talent is is a scarcity, right? There's only so many guys that you think can be truly impactful players. But I don't think it's so I, – I think there are more transcendent-type players out there, talents out there that you can recruit than it's, there is it, NIL money. It is amazing to me, too. And this just goes back to when I played, and this is 20-plus years ago. How many of of the great players at Ohio State were like three-star recruits? Mm-hmm. And they and they had to earn it. They had to work harder than the other guys, the five-star the guys. And that, now I kind of compare that to a guy who's going to get a million dollars and he's 18 years old. And, there's, and listen, they've got every right to do it. I wish I'd got a million dollars when I was 18. But sometimes the three-star recruits – they end up outworking the other kids. Well, now they go to Cincinnati. Yeah. Now they go to Kentucky. Now they go to... Well, and, then, and sometimes that's the reason why you win. Yeah. We, 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 
manhandled Michigan for a decade with Trestle because a lot of times, I mean, we had Ohio kids that cared so much about that game, more about that game than, any, than frankly, anything. Keith brought up a good point. I uh, just posted on our call screen here saying, uh, these people thought Mike Vrabel would give up the NFL to put up with this crap too. I, now, I, there is something in which Dave Biddle, if you guys well, missed the Okay, crap, so if, if the money is going to be there for the players, when, when are we going to see a coach make $20 million in college? Oh, I think that's the next arms race. Yeah. And to Keith's point, if you're Mike Vrabel, yeah, I'd probably go to Ohio State for $20 million. Mm, yeah, well, but the point is, if Ohio State and Tennessee, if they're going to pay, uh, meaning the Tennessee Titans are going to pay you the roughly the same thing, Yeah, you work less, you don't have to deal with NIL. Yeah, but I, are, are NFL teams going to pay? Do they have enough money to pay these coaches who they fire every two and a half years? Yeah. $20 million? Yeah, I think I think the NFL has more money to pay than most colleges. Yeah. We're talking about one billionaire that owns the team. Well, yeah, that well, thirty-two billionaires. Okay, but I'm yeah. saying each team's got one. Whereas, how many billionaires went to Ohio State? Well, yeah, but they're not just paying for head coaches. No, I get that. They're get paying that. for buildings. They're paying for NIL. They're paying for all that. And just millionaires that went to Ohio State that come together collectively to help maybe pay the coach, help maybe. And that's how they held. That's how they got Dan Sanders at Colorado, right? They didn't even have the money yet. I, I there is another part of this too that I also think is still just a reaction to NIL. I think, I think, I think schools benefit from throwing out alarmist numbers because I think I think schools and coaches are still trying to find a way to to delicately they're trying to find an issue to to revolve around or that everybody can get agreement on so that they can pass some sort of regulation. To limit NIL. I think that's another part of this. And again, Gene Smith doing, you know, money runs doesn't bug me. Um, reporters kind of carrying that water, it, it really does bug me. Dustin, you see the report in the NFL about, uh, it, it started with uh, Pro Football Talk, wrote an article uh, about the fallout from the Jalen Phillips uh, hit where Jalen Phillips did everything he could to not land in the quarterback this weekend and was still hit with the roughing the passer call. And that there's now talk in the NFL that uh, whether or not some owners and general managers question whether a roughing penalty should be reviewable. This sounds awful to me. Um... Why? Because I actually heard this mm -hmm. and thought it was not a bad idea. And I, I was talking to Keith about this, and obviously I do a ton of college football. And in college football, the targeting, which is, you know, a lot of times a roughing the pass or whatever, and they review it. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 th I don't think it's a bad idea. So if it were to be a review, the only way I think it would work is if it was a quick review, meaning it, every – Every roughing the passer call was reviewed, and it was reviewed in New York. Like, it can't be the referee stopped the game for five minutes to make the right decision. In, you almost need to have a roughing the passer uh, referee in a booth ready to watch each one of those, almost like every score is reviewed in the NFL, right? Yeah. Like, something like that. I just think back to when pass interference was reviewable. It was awful. 
one, it didn't lead to more correct calls. Mm -hmm. It it was just more calls got overturned, and so there was more chaos. And two, it slowed down the game. And so if if they're going to do it that way, if they would review the roughing the passer call the way that uh, you reviewed the defensive pass interference or just pass interference calls in general, I think it would be a disaster. Because I guess my point is, even now that we've got review, like I'm not anti-review, but I still don't think we're getting 100% of the calls right. We're, st- we're still getting calls well, wrong I, I think that should what, be gotten right. I think right. what you have to do is, similar to the way college football has done targeting, you've got to really define it better mm-hmm. as to what the penalty should be. Mm-hmm. Because for us, as, when I call games as an analyst, I'm able to define what targeting is. Mm-hmm. And really, for the most part, especially this year, I mean, I, f- I feel like when we get a targeting call, I can define what it is. I can look at it and be like, yeah, that's targeting. Or no, that's not targeting. And sometimes it stinks because a kid just maybe drops his head, dips that crown a little bit too much, and it's it sucks, but it's the rule. If we define the rule in the NFL better, mm-hmm. I for, so the fans can understand it and be like, yeah, that's the right call. You don't want you don't want it to be a you know, such a a a subjective call where you're like, remember the catch not a catch thing we had forever? Yep. Which they because it was never really defined. We don't want that. Sorry, it was yawning. Not because you weren't I, making a great have point. I bore, have I bored you? You're making a great point. Oh. Um, well, I, but I think the point, I, I also think, like, I think the biggest mistake the NFL has made with this rule is, well, when in doubt, call it. That's not a penalty. Mm-hmm. It like the whole point of a penalty is you have to be pretty certain it was a penalty. It's not, well, that might be a penalty, so throw the flag. Right. And so I think I don't think it's just like writing the writing of the rule is not great, right? Ah, if he lands on him. Okay, well the whole point is it's supposed to be if you put all your weight on the quarterback, right? So like you should probably be given a benefit of the doubt if if you're like, oh, we got a call Early in the season. I, I feel like the call should be, or it should be defined as driving the quarterback into the turn. Yes, which I think you, is exactly what you know when you see it. Yeah, I mean, if you're just tackling a quarterback, just as you would tackle any other offensive skill player, sometimes you land on top of them. Well, not just that, but like, um, I think the hit that uh, that Tua Tungavailoa took, where his head snapped into the ground, we've seen a couple of those here recently. Yeah. Um, I think those hits need to be eliminated more than any than like 90% of other quarterback hits because you're being slung to the ground. That's so much more dangerous to me than, ah, well, a 300-pound man landed on you. Yeah, I mean, the suplexes by a defensive end on quarterbacks, that should be outlawed. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think this is about helping the, the officials do their jobs better, not slowing down the game because you've confused officials to know what's right. And here's the other part of the – and we'll, we'll start here with you guys. 216-578-0092. Would you be okay if the roughing the passer penalties are were, were made reviewable? I guess my point is, much like the catch thing, they've, they've mostly cleared that up by doing two things, making it less confusing and and basically working with their refs to understand more what a catch is. I don't think review is always the right place. I don't think it's always the right speed because I think reviews got to the point where it's impossible to do quick 
in a way that doesn't completely slow the game down. But the other part of this was that they could the the uh, the competition committee is also considering, and this is from Troy Vincent, uh, the VP of the Players Association or president of the Players Association, is saying that uh, more players could be ejected for roughing the passer penalty. See, that's the thing where, like in college, the targeting rule you're ejected. Mm-hmm. If if it's egregious. And not every targeting, by the way, is egregious. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I do think that if you target a player in the NFL and it is, like I said, egregious, I, I'm fine with them getting ejected. Um, but but see, I think again, the word egregious is fairly nebulous. Like that's I think that's what's what's really rough is like I, I think it needs to wouldn't be you, but, but Nick, wouldn't you rather them at least be able to look at this when when there's such a BS call and it costs you a game. It's a it, it's a you know a late drive. A team throws an incomplete pass, and you're thinking you're getting the football back, and here comes a flag roughing the passer, well, and it's a BS call. Yeah, but we assume that they correct those BS calls. They don't always, right? Like that. Like I, I think right, that's the problem. But I, I I think that in general, and for the most part, and this is from my experience of doing. You know, 18 games this year in college football. They get it right for the most part. I actually think they're better in college at overturning but, but, reviews. But here's than the in thing: the NFL. they have practice now. Well, they do, and like, they've also trained the audience to understand what the penalty is. But in that point, why is it just this penalty? There are other games that are decided by you know calls being wrong in the field, whether it's DPI, OPI. We've seen how that went when they made that reviewable, right? There are. Um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, right, for for taunting and things like that. So why this penalty be reviewable but not those others that are egregious in cost games? I just personally think that that penalty has become so controversial. With And it's not just, you know, Twitter or whatever. It, it's become so costly to teams to, to the actual NFL teams and the players where they got to, they at least have to do something to try and fix it. Nathan, welcome yeah. to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, so I, I think that they should be able to review this because too many games, like, like uh, you guys were saying, come down to that call, you know, roughing the passer. Yep. It, it, it prolongs a drive. Oh, this was, uh, you know, fourth down. Oh, now look at them. Now they score. Now they're up seven points. I think, but I think it should come down to New York, just like they do in baseball. I think it should be taken out of the hands of the refs on the field. I think it should be done in New York. You know, the only thing I would say about that, because I because I see this a lot with the the stuff in baseball, and thank you for the call, bud. Uh, my biggest frustration is refs still protect refs, and I don't know how you fix that. I think that goes on a lot in baseball. New York protects the whoever's making that call in New York. Uh, errors on the side of protecting the ref, and I think that happens a lot in football as well, in terms of reviews and stuff like that. And that's I, honestly, I think that's a bigger issue than any specific call needing to be overturned or reviewed. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.